The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now we're joined by Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. We want to talk about molten salt reactors, what they are, how they work and uh, how they may, might help us. But first of all, Luke, uh, a breakthrough on Alzheimer's. There is, Pat, this morning. Yeah. Lily have announced a big clinical trial with a new drug for Alzheimer's. It's called Denanumab, one of these mouthfuls. Mm-hmm. It's slowed down progression by 35%, Pat, in the trial, which is, which is quite a big effect overall. Mm-hmm. You know, So again, it's really optimistic that we're going to crack Alzheimer's ultimately. The reason why it's very important, Pat, is that Another company called Esai, a few months ago, had a drug called Acanamav going after the same process in the body, and that worked as well. So now we have two separate companies replicating each other, if you will, and it probably means that this target is a really good one to go after. Okay, now what is the drug designed to do? Is it designed to, let, let's speak in the only terms I know, the plaque. Yeah, the plaque, yeah. Well, for yes. years we've known a thing called beta amyloid, a protein, builds up in your brain and yeah. clogs the hippocampus where your memories are, and that clogging destroys the hippocampus. It's like dirt building up, if yeah. you will. And then your memory goes because the hippocampus is where your memories are stored. So the idea was to clear the plaque, which, which is made of beta amyloid. You might see a therapeutic effect. It's been controversial. There's been evidence against this and there's been naysayers and all sorts. You know? But now two separate companies have an antibody, by the way. It's an antibody made in the lab that can mop up the plaque like a sponge and then clear the hippocampus of this stuff. And therefore, you oh, don't okay. see the same level of damage going on is the idea. And for me, it, it, it kind of further evidence for what's called the beta amyloid hypothesis. It was a hypothesis for a long time. Now, uh, there's one way you can test it, and that's get uh, lots of people who are developing uh, memory loss and so on. The other way, of course, is to scan people. Yeah. Put them on it for a while, scan them, measure the amount yeah. of plaque. Are they doing that? They because are, that would I- impress yeah. me even more. They are doing that, yeah. And you can measure the thing in the blood and all. So there's all these biomarkers there which yeah. are used. What was great for us, it was a one-year trial. They measured things like, now people with Alzheimer's, early stage Alzheimer's, managing your finances. Can you drive? Can you still do your hobby? Can you still talk about current affairs? They were the metrics they used, you yeah. see. In the placebo group, they declined in those parameters because Alzheimer's yeah. was taking its hold. In the treated group, there's a 35% effect. Now, it's not a 100 remember we'd love it to be higher but it's a bit it's a bit like fingertips on the cliff face territory here yeah. and in the UK now they're all saying this is the beginning of a treatment age for Alzheimer's C- current therapies just have just yeah. treat some of the symptoms now, now for the people who didn't get that who got the placebo if they put them on that now could it reverse I mean th- that'd be very interesting if you could actually get back some of the stuff you've lost you, you never know it's, it's the beginning of all that now but the trouble is as it progresses it's harder to reverse it's the usual thing closing the stable door after the horse is bolted territory. Mm. The earlier you go in, the better always with any disease. Alzheimer's is the same. If it pro- progresses too far, it could be too hard. So sadly, people listening yeah. with relatives who have Alzheimer's now, it may not work in those people, sadly. Although you never know. I mean, they will yeah. try now various patient groups. Watch. They've got a drug now that seems to work. And now let's try it across the board and see what happens. So you it, never know. It's a, interesting. You know the way they say when you delete something from your computer, if you do something bold, the cops will come and they'll find it. It's still there. The human brain may not be like that. It may it, not. It, and the damage might be too much, da- you see, is the gone. problem. And you never know what we'd love to see repair, wouldn't mm. we, Pat? That's the next thing sure. to go after, you know. What this does, by the way, but it galvanises Alzheimer's research. There's, there's optimism, you see. Many companies will jump on this watch, start yeah. to make their own version and different versions. Because will, will it's emerge. expensive now, I mean, to produce it. The market, um, they say it's limited, but as more and more people are uh, ageing, living longer, 
um, you know, the memory goes, yeah. other bits and pieces that, you know, you would have been dead long before well, these well, ailments hit you, but well, you're not. You're living long enough it, to get it, them. It's a frightening prospect, Pat, because given that we're all living longer, Alzheimer's will become a huge epidemic in a way, you know. So we need something now, almost, because as soon as we can get new therapies, the better. And it's very expensive, Alzheimer's, for the health system, because people are in homes and all sure. the rest. If that slows that down, even though it might be expensive as a drug, you'll save money on the other. The current price, by the way, but they're talking about 25,000 euro per patient for the yeah. Eastside drug, so it's not cheap. You know? Okay, but what, what does it cost to keep someone in a nursing home for a month? What, yep. I don't know, exactly. thousands and thousands. That's exactly Multiply right. that by 12, you get the annual cost. Yep. This drug would be cheaper than nursing home care. That's the point, and the pricing, the very commercial, the pricing is set by what you save on the other side kind of thing. So we'll see what happens with the price, but, mm. but certainly it's very good news for Alzheimer's this morning. Now, uh, from brand new technology, the frontiers of technology, to old technology that was stopped in its tracks, and that's molten salt reactors. Yeah, and what you, are they? You and I have discussed this we before, have. haven't we? That is a great topic. Now, I'm not an expert on, on nuclear power, but I follow this like you because it's intriguing, isn't it? I mean, it's all about climate change, by the way. Can we go back to nuclear to stop the carbon emissions is the overall idea here. And these things called molten salt reactors are a safer way to generate energy from a nuclear plant, basically. They've been around in the 50s and 60s. They weren't tried properly for various reasons. But the big news, as you spotted, is a company in Canada has been checked very carefully and they've been given permission now to begin to sell these molten salt reactors for the first time. And it's, it's very important because obviously safety will be an issue and all these various concerns. This Canadian regulator for nuclear power said, oh, this looks good to us. You know, they're called terrestrial energy. And now they're, now they're really going to ramp up production, yeah. looks like, of these reactors. And it's not quite like prefabricated houses, but it, they will be able to kind of factory build these things and sell them. They will, but they're, they're small. I know we think a nuclear plant is a massive big thing, right? Yeah. You can also make one and put it beside your factory. And this company are saying that they've, got, they've already got customers lined up. You see, see, companies need to watch their carbon footprint and they're getting yeah. fined and all so these So if you're making steel, for example, and you need uh, lots of power, um, to have one of these right beside your yeah. steel plant. That's exactly right. They're, they're, almost, they're not quite portable, but it's kind of heading in that direction, yeah. you see. And obviously the companies are very interested because they don't want to have these fines imposed on them for their carbon emissions. If, and, and remember, no carbon is generated by these nuclear nuclear power. Remember, that's, that's the beauty of them on that side. You know, It's not like burning petrol or fuel in that way. So you lower your carbonisation is the idea. And, and they're saying terrestrial, terrestrial have loads of uh, custom, big customers. They haven't said who they are yet. But the big corporations with big factories would love to be able to decrease their carbon emissions anyway, wouldn't they? You know, this might be one way to do it. Now, we've talked about it before, but remind uh, our listeners, Luke, why they are safer than the current uh, brand of nuclear, re- the water-cooled nuclear yeah. reactors. It's all about the fuel. So the fuel is molten, is this the word they use. So if there is a meltdown and if something goes wrong, you can contain it much more quickly because it solidifies. Whereas the old-fashioned type, it can get released and you can get yeah. hydrogen explosions, as in Fukushima is the good. This will never have a hydrogen explosion. So it's safer in terms of something So it goes shuts wrong. itself down. It just goes solid, end it, off. It goes solid, precisely. And then you can gather the solids, you know, and then store them is the idea here. So the first thing, most of all, is safety. Secondly, it's more efficient, as you may have noticed. They, they generate temperatures of 585 degrees centigrade, very hot water, you know, high temperature rather, you know. The current ones is 300 degrees centigrade. They're 50% more powerful, if you will, as, as a nuclear reactor. That's a second big benefit. 
that we have. And then again, scale-wise, they seem to be more manageable in terms of how you build them. So for mm. all those reasons, people have been pressing for them for quite a while. You know? Yeah. So if they're safe, they're not going to explode. They're not going to, you know, melt down to the core of the earth, etc., etc. Uh, that's one thing. What about the fuel supply? What sort of fuel do they need? That's the other big one. Yeah. Now, again, I wouldn't be an expert on the nature of nuclear fuels, but it's, it's low-grade uranium is used, and that's more easy to get, you know. So the fuel source is a bit cheaper and a bit more effective to, to acquire. And this, the terrestrial people are talking to fuel suppliers already to provide this lower-grade lower, lower grade uranium is the idea. Now, now, there are downsides, but we must mention the negatives because people are against, some people are against them. One is it generates weapons-grade uranium as a byproduct. Now, of course, that might be a concern if that gets into the wrong hands kind of thing. You know, so yeah. can you store that as one thing? And then the waste, there's still nuclear waste coming off these things and that needs to be stored as well, you see. So, so there too. And the third one I noticed just looking at it this morning was, strangely, the economics aren't worked out fully yet. They're still expensive to make apparently. Yeah. And even though you can generate power, the, the sums haven't been done properly. Now the Canadians said, the Canadian government said, no, no, we're happy with that. The economics add up to us. And that's why this is an, an important uh, step forward in a sense because that, that's been looked at closely and the economic concerns seem to be lessened. But, the, but these negatives are still there. I guess they'll still be debated as, as, this, as this emerges. It seems that there were all sorts of political reasons why the Americans didn't advance with this technology back in the 50s. If they had, uh, you know, the whole energy scene might have been very, very, very different. different. Yeah, it very looks complicated to me to see why they didn't progress with this, because from, yeah. from reading it, it seemed, seemed to be a wonderful thing to try and develop, as opposed to the traditional reactors, which have all kinds of problems. This has less problems. But now, finally, this might be the impetus. They're talking about a renewal of radioactive generation of power, if you will, is the idea here from this approval. In other words, this, this again, a bit like our Alzheimer's story in a way. Other companies would see this. It's a commercial company. It's private, remember? Yeah. They may say, oh, there's something in this now. We, we might get approved with our molten salt reactors, and that should generate lots of activity, and who knows? then it might, it might yeah. be the, the big thing. I'm always intrigued uh, about when they say that, you know, these nuclear reactors, the current uh, generation of nuclear reactors, um, that they are big and they have to be at Hinkley Point and places like that. But, you know, they have them on board aircraft carriers. They do, don't they? they right. so why can't we have <laughs> one of those? About that you know, <laughs> that'll precisely. generate enough power yeah. for, you know, Ennis or Cork yeah. or whatever. And what strikes me is that this is about a technological contribution to climate change. Now, we all need to do things for climate change, though we all know this, don't we? But we need technology as well. And if it turns out to be a safe way to do this, this will help in the effort to lower the yeah. CO2, which we desperately need to do. Because we're talking about that interim period when we will be generating uh, lots of electricity still by gas or by fossil fuels. Yeah. If this is the other technology that would supplant or uh, support yeah. solar and wind and wave and tidal and all the rest of it, yeah, uh, all, all to the good. Precisely. That's the idea. Exactly. Yeah. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.